Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Uh, today's show is going to be a fun one. I am still working on, uh, and we, as a show and a network, are working on the final details of the eventual co-host situation. Uh, and again, just as per usual, you guys will know about that as soon as uh, it is made official. Uh, today's show, though, we do we do have a lot to get to. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets took put the smat down on uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, which in a vacuum, not that important. But they've been able to basically cycle, <laughs> like James Harden pulls an, a, a hamstring, Kevin Durant comes back from a hamstring. And, and you know, when one guy kind of goes down, the other two pick the other up. And then, you know, when two of them are down, one of them just kind of carries a load. And um, I want to discuss the role that chemistry might have in this year's playoffs. A, a really interesting thing has kind of popped up in uh, gambling circles where the betting public is still all in on Lakers nets, uh, despite both those teams just kind of slogging through this season. And I, I just find the whole thing interesting. So we're going to discuss uh, how I feel about the, the chemistry that the Lakers will have to figure out, uh, how I feel about the chemistry that Brooklyn Nets might have to figure out, and shit, we might even talk about whether or not any of that matters in the first place. It really mattered in last year's postseason in the bubble, uh, but it might just be that with this being a more typical postseason with home court advantages and traveling and all of that, um, and with players not being completely isolated from their families, uh, that, that this is just a, a typical year where talent wins out. Uh, and and I, that's not to say that talent didn't win out last year, but that's where we find ourselves. I also, I also feel like I have to talk about the way that Frank Vogel is kind of dancing around and just kind of outright saying that, yeah, the Lakers signed Andre Drummond and promised him uh, the starting role. And I'm I'm kind of curious what that looks like over the course of the season. Should Marcus All continue playing the way that he played, and uh, whether that promise was, you know, maybe extending themselves in a way that you don't necessarily have to for Andre Drummond. So there's a lot to get to in this one. Let's start though, like I said, with the good news. The good news here being that uh, Mark Stein wrote in his newsletter. That uh, for the New York Times, that uh, the Lakers are hopeful to get on Anthony Davis back after this road trip that they're on back east. Uh, we saw LeBron and we saw Anthony Davis at the Toronto game uh, this last uh, couple days ago, and that is, I think, a, a positive sign, a step in the right direction. Uh, we discussed that at the end of yesterday's show. So for more on that, you guys should go check out that show. Uh, for for the those keeping track if ad comes back april 17th uh which would be basically 10 days from now i'm, I'm recording this on april 7th you guys will be listening to it on april 8th so just about a week and a half from now the lakers might be getting at least one of their superstars back and if that's the case then that puts them in a pretty good spot uh because at that time that will be the four-week mark of the original four-to-week, four-to-six-week injury uh, timetable that Shams reported uh, about LeBron. So, uh, with 
help potentially being on the way here from Anthony Davis, and then maybe a week or two after that for LeBron James. The the notion is here that the Lakers have might have potentially gotten through this really rough stretch, and then at that at that point, it just becomes about everybody getting and staying healthy and developing that chemistry. Um, but you know, I I do think it's worth kind of taking a look at the games that the Lakers have absolutely had to win, where it was against teams that uh, the Lakers at least had a, a the, the talent gap was was uh, shrunken because of the team that they were playing against. The Lakers took care of those games for the most part. And, and uh, the fact that they are now heading into a, a, another, you know, three, four uh, game stretch where they're really in, in, in uh, going to be facing some tougher matchups. The fact that they won those games means that the Lakers have an outside chance at going seven and seven for these 14 games without at least, you know, one of Anthony Davis and LeBron. And then after that, that keeps the Lakers up in that one through four spot that I, I do consider somewhat valuable uh, not as valuable because of LeBron is on your team and and the Lakers have already won, but still I I would rather be up there than than down below where you might risk facing the Nuggets in the first round or or a, a hot Jazz team or something like that. So with all of that kind of behind us, I I, I do think we do got to give our props to the guys who with everything kind of add, added up and stacked up against them, took care of enough business to put the Lakers in the situation that they might be heading into whenever AD and or LeBron James comes back, which does seem like is is with you know sooner rather than later. And you know it's funny when you get at the beginning of one of these stretches where it looks like you're going to be missing so many guys. Uh, it feels like that's going to be forever from now that, oh my God, how are we ever going to get the next four weeks or four to six weeks or whatever? And, you know, as as can often be the case, uh, those dark times don't always last as long as they feel like they're going to in, in the first place. And a roster being put together that, that again, I you know, the, what worries me a little bit about, you know, guys like Schroeder and KCP and, and other guys that the Lakers might have decisions to make moving forward on uh, is, you know, Caruso, THT, all of these guys is, you know, against playoff caliber teams, the the competition gap was so big, but still the Lakers did enough and, and that's where they find themselves. So uh, I'm going to take a quick second here. And when we come back, I want to discuss, you know, how this team kind of matches up against the betting favorite in the Brooklyn Nets and uh, whether chemistry is really going to play a role. And if it will, which team might have the advantage there? So hang tight. We'll come back and we'll discuss that here in a bit. Today's show is brought to you in part by Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, or just be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation just for you. Need some help falling asleep? 
Headspace has wind down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. This is now my fourth podcast that I'm recording. It is two o'clock my time. I'm going to have to wind down after this. I'm going to hop on Headspace. I'm going to do just that. And I'm going to sleep well so I can wake up rested and and, and uh, fully recovered and ready to take on tomorrow when I have to do it all over again. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel better, and Headspace's meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. So again, head to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA today. Today's show is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Head on over to rockauto.com where you will visit a family business that has been doing this for over two decades now. Uh, and you are going to find the best collection of parts that you can possibly find on the internet. Uh, it is getting insane. <laughs> the, the, the more high tech these cars get, the more difficult it is to find the proper part. And that makes it all the easier for the big companies to mark up all of the parts that you might need should anything go wrong with your car well rockauto.com is here to help you avoid all of those kinds of messes uh, as best you can they have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps motor oil uh, your car needs carpet they have that too whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to cat to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specs and prices you prefer and most importantly the prices you see are going to be the same for everybody regardless of your driving background so again head on over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and then write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today in a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right, so let's let's start off by defining what it is that I'm kind of talking about here when it comes to chemistry and 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 understanding of of or, or chemistry and how it impacts the game, right? And it for me, what I look at is not is is Katie and Kyrie tight. Are LeBron and AD tight? Like that's that kind of goes without saying. These guys went out of their way to be able to play together. What I mean is, 
over the course of a typical season or over the course of a stretch or a long enough stretch playing uh, together, you start to see without having to go out of your way where that guy is going to be whenever you need that guy to be there, whether it's on offense and, and LeBron is looking for a lob threat or, or, uh, AD is, is, um, you know, wants to make sure that LeBron can make an entry pass or whatever it is, or defensively the, the type of rotations that you need to make. And, you know, for, for, uh, as great as Brooklyn has looked, and I'm not here to crap on on the talent of Brooklyn, they will have they're going to be going into this postseason with maybe 20 games together or with all three of those guys playing, maybe. and I I, I think it'll be closer to, to 10 or 15. Uh, and and you know, for the Lakers, while they don't have that third star, and while that third star might wind up making the difference between uh, chemistry versus just outright talent, uh, the Lakers do have a full season of playing together for LeBron and AD, and and then some change, right? Because you have whatever this season has been, where uh, LeBron and AD will have missed uh, a, a sizable chunk, probably upwards of uh, a quarter of the season together. And, and then, you know, what you're looking at is, all right, is, is that actually something that is really going to matter? And, you know, one advantage that Brooklyn might have on the Lakers is, you know, and this is where a playoff positioning does kind of play a role. Brooklyn is probably going to go into the, into the at least second round with a fairly easy first round opponent. So they'll get maybe four or five games to iron out some of those wrinkles together. And, and that 10 to 15 games that they played together in the regular season, well, that looks closer to 15 or 20 games before they face, you know, the Milwaukee's, the, the Philadelphia's and the Miami's of the world. And the Lakers, you know, because of how the season has gone, uh, they might not have such an easy opponent. They might be looking at, you know, somebody in that four, five, or six range that uh, is not your typical eight seed Eastern Conference fodder that you you normally see there. So, you know, that's one thing that if you're looking at, at advantages one team might have over the other, I, I do think it's, it's fair to say, all right, we got to try to weigh which of these factors is more important over it all. And and is the actual concrete time that AD and LeBron have had together worth more than the additional talent at the top of the roster that Brooklyn might have and uh, the you know little bit of extra time that they might get together in the first round of the postseason to iron out wrinkles and not focus on just getting through the first round series as the Lakers might have to? Uh, it, I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that at the end of the day, uh, the Lakers having, you know, LeBron and AD have having ha- had them together for for this amount of time is going to be an advantage. But typically in the postseason, the team with the the most top top end talent tends to win out. And you know, for the Lakers, as nice as it's been, at least theoretically, to have depth like this is something that we collectively have been laughing at 
for years now in the LeBron AD era in that you always hear the analysis, well, the Lakers are going to have this, the first and second best players, but how long do you go down the list of players participating in this series before you get to the Lakers' uh, next best player? And it's always disingenuous because it usually involves crapping on players that normally wouldn't be crapped on. Like if KCP was on Denver, I would imagine those those lists of players would be a little bit higher on KCP. But but what you're looking at here is uh, a, a, a Lakers team that we still don't quite know what their best lineup is going to be in the postseason. Whereas with Brooklyn... You know three of the best. You know three of the five there. You probably know maybe one more with Joe Harris, who for whatever reason I keep wanting to call Joe Barry. He's not Joe Barry Carroll, but but yeah, the you have you have maybe four of those five, and then it becomes: Is DeAndre Jordan going to be involved in that? Is the uh, you know is that fifth player going to be? Uh, this Claxton guy who continues to impress is it going to be Blake Griffin or the Marcus Aldridge? But the, the you know we'll we'll see what that lineup looks like. The Lakers though you have LeBron AD. I think you got to have Kuz in there. I think you got to have Schroeder in there. And then I don't know if you go Drummond. Will Will Vogel be forced to have Drummond in those in those lineups? Uh, because that's something we're going to talk about here in a bit. But the is, will it be Drummond? Will it be KCP? Will it be Caruso? Will that be a night-by-night basis? But, you know, you would like to be able to identify at least the vast majority of your best lineups heading into the postseason. And so like one of the things that we really have to identify over the course of whenever uh, LeBron and AD are both back to the end of the season is we have to find, or the Lakers have to find their best lineup. And uh, some feelings might get hurt in that process, just like they might get hurt in Brooklyn. Uh, but I, you know, I, the reason I'm bringing up Brooklyn so much, and this is the last kind of thing I wanted to talk about here, is if you look at the odds of teams most likely to come out of their respective conference, you have Brooklyn at minus 105, which is crazy. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, And you have the Lakers at plus 150. And the fact that they are currently listed at at less than two to one odds uh, is is kind of interesting to me, given everything that both those teams have faced, especially recently. Like you have seen injuries to very important players for both of these teams and the odds haven't moved. Like you've seen, you've seen odds move on other teams around them, uh, and you've seen uh, situation change uh, uh, around them. But for the most part, this is what the odds have been on teams to come out of the East, uh, especially since Harden went back uh, to Brooklyn or went was traded to Brooklyn. And you know, it's 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 wild to me that that's what's going on there. And yet, I don't disagree. You know, these are the two best teams in in the NBA. And if they're both healthy come postseason time, they're going to meet in the finals. And and that's where when two teams are, are this evenly matched, you got to try to find the nooks and crannies. You got to dig through the nooks, nooks and crannies to be able to find advantages for both of these teams. And, you know, this is going to be something that the sooner one of these teams is healthier, 
uh, compared to the other, that might be a really big deal come uh, finals time. So, so yeah, definitely, definitely something we're going to continue bringing up here over the course of the rest of the season. All right, let's take another quick second here. When we come back, I found Frank Vogel's comments about uh, Marcus Saul and Andre Drummond really interesting um, and and super telling of a lot of things. So uh, I want to discuss uh, Marcus Saul, Andre Drummond, and Frank uh, Vogel here in a bit. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Head on over to Bet Online. Use that promo code Locked On for a fifty percent deposit bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine be, can also be found at betonline.ag uh, and also the Twitter account bet, at betonline underscore ag. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best place to bet, place all your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to betonline.ag, use that promo code locked on, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, so this final topic, I've been optimistic all game, or all, all, all game, all show, uh, all episode. And this final topic, I'm just warning you, is going to sound like your typical, is it time to worry yet, Anthony? The sky might be falling type, Anthony. So if you don't like that, shut this off. Go enjoy the rest of your day. Ignore that blissful ignorance, and, uh, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, if you do enjoy it, then buckle up because this was uh, interesting to me. So after Marcus All plays uh, super well, obviously um, the last couple games, especially since the Lakers uh, signed Andre Drummond, and then since Drummond, uh, since his toenail fell off, Mark has looked really, really good. And uh, by the way, it wasn't like he looked bad before they signed Drummond. Uh, he did in the immediate in, in the games immediately leading up to signing Drummond because he was recovering from COVID. But Marcus all over the course of the year has been what you should have been expecting when the Lakers went out and got Marcus all. But anyway, so uh, I talked in yesterday's show about how uh, Vogel has handled this kind of interestingly, and I wanted to go into detail on that. So uh, after after the game. Uh, Frank Vogel was asked about the, uh, the the center rotation and the center starting spot specifically. He goes, uh, this is uh, when asked whether Mark has given him something to ponder with his starters. Quote, no, we're going to start Andre. That's what we signed him for. I mean, first of all, we need to get him a ton of minutes to get him acclimated in our system with only X amount of games before the playoffs, and he'll be our starter. But like I said, and we've said this whole time through, uh, we need all three of those guys, and all three of them are really good players, and they're going to help us win a championship. But no, Gasol's play doesn't change that, uh, that being the starting lineup. So I want to preface this with 
the point that he made, Vogel made, that is, uh, about Drummond needing to get acclimated is absolutely important here. And if that's from where this is coming from, basically, where Drummond uh, is is uh, going to be the starter moving forward, then okay, fine. I'm, I'm all right with that. Uh, the only thing, and this is what I've been a little nervous about, I've ranged anywhere from nervous to... I'm not really sure about this to, all right, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling it is, is this notion that the Lakers promised Drummond X, Y, or Z when they signed him. And I get that he was the most important or or the most talented player on the market at that time. I get that that is somebody that I'm sure LeBron and uh, AD were, were going after. Um, And, and I'm sure that that's something that, that weighed heavily on their decision um, to sign him and then promise those things. My only thing is, where do those promises stop? Because uh, if it's just a regular season thing, then cool. We, you know, it's it's no big deal. Uh, I would like to get a few more reps in if it looks like it isn't looking great. You know, obviously, but uh, reps for other guys. Uh, but fine, whatever. Uh, that's that's the the bed that the Lakers made, and and they're going to now sleep in it. Um, how how much leash are we talking about here, though? Come postseason time, that's that's where I think we I'll start to get a little nervous because if it's if it's a matter of uh, it's only dictated by Drummond's play. Well, then who is doing the deciding on how good Drummond is or is not compared to other guys at his position? And the third guy that he was talking about there was uh, Montrez Harrell as the as the third big um, or the third center uh, who isn't AD. And look, you're looking at if 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 Vogel is considering Harrell only a center, then you're looking at uh, three guys to split up the maybe 30 minutes or or probably way less than that, maybe 20 minutes of non-80 at the five minutes when, whenever uh, the, the postseason rolls around. And maybe AD doesn't play in the postseason as much five as we envision because the Lakers are nervous about putting his body under that wear and tear. Uh when, when, when that time comes and, and they look at this as like, all right, if, if it's going to cost us this opportunity in a championship, but the doctors are saying that that, that could cost us an, an extra year of Anthony Davis, then, you know, that's a tough call that the Lakers will have to make. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, when you're just looking at the math and the Lakers have now three guys who Frank Vogel considers centers and they're all vying for those minutes where the Lakers are, are inherently not going to be as good as they could be because the Lakers are always going to be at their best with AD at the center. So if they're already limited by the number of minutes that AD uh, can or cannot play at the center, and then they're further limited by promises made from the front office to Andre Drummond when they signed him, then the the margin for error starts to get mighty thin, uh, especially given everything that we talked about in the first two segments here uh, regarding Brooklyn and and uh, the Lakers' chances of beating him. And then, you know, by the way, Denver has looked at their 6-0 since they traded for Aaron Gordon, and, and they look like world beaters right now. So 
uh, this this league that the Lakers are operating in isn't the the gap between them and second and even third place now isn't so wide that the Lakers can just go out there and mess around with their margin for error. And, uh, you know, I, it, when you consider everything that the Lakers have faced so far this year, the adversity of, of, of starting up as quickly as they had to, now losing LeBron James and now losing Anthony Davis uh, for as long as they've lost them, kind of retooling their roster and their rotation in the buyout market uh, the way that they did. You had the Kyle Lowry um, trade talks, and, and, and you have Dennis Schroeder's extension talks that might apply a little bit of extra stress on, on everybody. And then now on top of that, from a basketball standpoint, you're talking about potentially limiting the number of minutes uh, that the Lakers might be at their at peak strength, given the type of competition that they're going to be facing as these, these postseason series go on. Man, I <laughs> I'm not super duper nervous. I'm I'm more kind of cautious here. Uh, but but I I hope. And look, there's nothing that from from Frank Vogel's experience as a coach last year, where he was able to bench Javale and he was able to bench and bring back Dwight, and he was able to rely on Markeith Morris and then go away from Markeith Morris, and then eventually start Alex Caruso in uh, the championship uh, deciding game. Frank Vogel has has earned his ability and earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to making the decisions in the postseason that put the Lakers in the best spot. This just feels a little bit different, though, given where Andre Drummond is at his career compared to where JaVale and Dwight were at theirs. Uh, compared, this, this feels a little bit different here um, than, than last year in that LeBron and AD might not be what they were in last year's postseason. And, and then also, it's not quite what, you know, it's not apples to apples in terms of the kind of competition that the Lakers are going to be seeing this season. So I just, I, you know, I want to, to, to reiterate, I'm still very high on this Lakers team, but those kind of peripheral factors that uh, do kind of erode confidence in every team, like I'm sure there are Nets fans who are, oh, great, we got KD back, ah, we, we, we lost James Harden. I'm sure there are Denver fans. My, 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 one of my best friends in, in this industry, Adam uh, Maris, um is as high as he's ever been on the Denver Nuggets. But there's still that kind of defeatist, uh, you know, elephant in the room that, that always exists with the, with the Denver Nuggets. There's no team heading into this postseason with just nothing but confidence. I'm just saying that given where the Lakers started this season and then now where they're at now compared to uh, where some of these teams started the season and then compared to where those teams are now, uh, the Lakers are, by comparison, I, I know Lakers fans, I would imagine, are by comparison more nervous than they thought they would be at this point in the season. Um, and, and you know, locker room and, and uh, interpersonal politics plays a role in some of those nerves and I just I just really hope that if we do see that yeah Mark still fits better than the starting lineup or in the starting lineup than Drummond does then Mark is going to get the nod I hope that Montrezl Harrell gets minutes at the four and he isn't only considered a center because if he is only considered a center that really limits the role he's going to play in this postseason and is he going to be happy about that I don't know 
Um, and, and so, you know, there's just, there's a whole lot to go off here. And I think for the most part, Frank Vogel, as he's, as he's kind of, uh, very capable of doing said a lot of the right things, but that whole, nope, Drummond is going to be the starter for the rest of the season. Given the immediate reaction that we got from Marcus Saul, um, is, is the kind of thing that I'm, you know, is it's, it's worth, paying a little extra attention to over the course of the season. And then if it turns out that the Lakers win a championship and none of this matters, I will sit here and tell you guys uh, I was being an idiot. But I'm an idiot, so you guys should know that anyway. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. Hopefully, next time I talk to you guys, I will be able to tell you uh, what is coming next. Um, If not, then we'll just keep rolling like this until we we, uh, reach that point. And and, uh, and and we'll keep on, you know, trying to keep this airplane in the air uh, for as long as I possibly can before everybody gets uh, on the same page. Have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you tomorrow.